If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. I've said it before, but let me say it again. Let me explain. (laughs) Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, welcome to the All Jacked Up Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jenkins, and I am all jacked up in all kinds of good ways. Everything we talk about on this podcast is going to come from a place of us being all jacked up about Jesus. But more importantly, everyone on this podcast, whether it's me, your host, or someone we're interviewing, we're all jacked up and need Jesus. So if you're all jacked up, you're in the right place. What's up, what's up, what's up, podcast people, all jacked up people everywhere. That's right, that's all for you. Hey, I hope you guys are doing well this week. Actually, I hope that you are just killing it this week. Um, Hope this has been a great week. Hope that you are just getting some stuff done and enjoying it as you go along. So, uh, it's been a pretty good week for me so far, but nothing compares to this time of year. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of reasons why I like this time of year. I mean, the, the weather is getting warmer. I'm not a fan of winter. I would take summer any day over winter. Uh, and summer means fun stuff like going to the beach, going to the lake. Um, but honestly, if you're anything like me, which is a huge college fan, this is your favorite time of the year. Am I right? I mean, like we just had regionals. Now it's time for super regionals. And last weekend it was like softball is all over the TV. It was awesome just to turn on the TV and see softball game after softball game. And you know what? I'm not even going to lie. There were so many good softball games on at the same time. I brought my TV that's upstairs. I brought it down and uh, literally had two TVs going side by side just so I could watch multiple games. So I thought that was pretty normal. Um, But one of my friends said, yeah, if you live in a bar, but uh, hey, it was it was what I needed. Right. So again, if you are a fan of college softball, man, this is it. And with this weekend, we're going into super regionals, and then it's the show, right? The Women's College World Series. So, man, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Now, I, I, I'm a big sports fan. I love all sports, but I, I'm, I'm biased. Like, there is just something special about softball players. Like, I, I don't know what it is. And I've, in high school, I played basketball, soccer. Actually, I mean, I tried to play basketball in high school. I was... 
actually really, really bad. Um, so I, maybe I sat the bench a lot in um, high school basketball. But, you know, as a three-sport athlete, I, I'm a fan of all sports. Like, really love it. But softball players are just – they're just different. They're just different. So some of the things, like, when I think of, of softball players, I think of them being gritty, passionate, uh, funny. Like, they are able to cut loose and – Honestly, I'm amazed because the really good softball players, they learn how to thrive in a game of failure. I mean, seriously, right? If I go three for 10 in anything other than softball or baseball, I'm considered a failure, right? And you are too, but not in softball. Nope, that's not how it goes. So I just, I think that's amazing. And Actually, the more I think about it, uh, man, I I should have, I wish I would have been able to convince more of my professors in college that getting a 30 on a test was, it was actually pretty good. You know, it's not bad considering I was a softball player. But um, seriously, I, I do love softball teams and, and how they interact with each other and what they do. And, you know, it's just softball, it's just special. You know, with softball players, they're, they play outside, obviously, but they get sweaty, they get dirty, some of them get really, really stinky, and doesn't matter because they still high-five each other, they still hug each other, they still dogpile uh, after, after big wins, it, it doesn't matter. And if you're a softball player or you know of a softball player, you immediately, somebody came to mind when I said really, really stinky. And I would almost... Put money on it that it was probably a catcher, right? I mean, I love catchers. Catchers are amazing. And, and some of the, the most, I mean, selfless players on the field, but they reek. Like their equipment, especially like playing summer ball and you're out there playing in 90 degree weather and they're just, their, their equipment is saturated in sweat. It's, it's gross. But how about those stinky players that, um, man, like their batting gloves? You ever smelt a, just a ripe? That, okay, we're getting off track. We're getting off track. We're getting off track. Um, hey, I was actually going to tell you guys, uh, this past weekend I was watching a game, and it, it, it was awesome because it was where the announcers had to address the fact that a player, and it was from Wichita, Wichita State, I believe, she was dancing as she was getting ready to get in the batter's box. Um, and I'm not talking like she was just swaying back and forth a little bit. Like this kid was straight up all out dancing, used her bat as a microphone, and then also <laughs> used her bat to kind of like point into the stands, like calling people out. Like it was crazy. And the the funny thing is that the other team was in the middle of changing pitchers. <laughs> So the music just kept playing. Like this kid, it was almost like, man, this is your moment. This is your moment right here. And I'm not even going to lie. She enjoyed every minute of it. So, and it was, it was really, really fun to watch. But, um, and you can, the, the crazy thing is you could tell that she did this often. Like it wasn't a crazy thing for her to do because her teammates kind of, I mean, they were watching her. They were in the dugout, but they acted like, yeah, I mean, that's what she does when she goes to the plate. So, yeah, she, she dances. Uh, that's kind of how she gets loose. So it was, it was funny. I mean, I don't care who you are, that's funny. Now, the crazy thing is, is that if someone were to go up to her and say, who told you you could dance like that? You know, like, who told you you could dance on the softball field? Who told you you could actually dance 
at all. You know, because <laughs> I mean, it was it was fun to watch. I'm not going to say she was the best dancer, but it was definitely entertaining. But I think if somebody would have said, "Hey, man, who called, who told you you could dance?" I, I honestly, I don't think she would be faced. Um, and that's probably that. That's what I love about that moment the most is just taking that in. Um, the music it was moving her, and so she danced on national TV with the announcers talking about it. Like, <laughs> that's good stuff. So, uh, man, if you guys get a chance, it is softball postseason. So a lot of good games going on. So check them out. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right. Today, today I want us to focus in on the phrase, who told you that? Yeah, like this can be a powerful phrase when used correctly. It is a great way to get us to think of why we believe certain things. Now, the first time we see this phrase in the Bible, it's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 11. Now, uh, let, let me set the stage here, okay? So, Adam and Eve have just sinned, meaning that God told them not to do something, and they did it anyway, all right? They hear God walking in the garden, and they decide to hide themselves. The next thing we see is God asking them, where are you? Which honestly could be a whole devotional in itself. But Adam answered God. He said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid and naked, so I hid. So then God asked Adam, who told you that you were naked? And God is basically saying to Adam, who told you that? Because I know I didn't. So where are you getting your information? So up until this point, Adam and Eve had been getting all of their information from God. Like all communication had been with God, their maker. God knew them intimately. He loved them based on who they were, not on what they did. And and we see the devil, the serpent, had recently made a visit to the garden. And uh, we, we see the serpent actually start talking to Eve. But really, I think here is where she and we mess things up. So when the serpent comes in the garden and, and strikes up a conversation with Eve, Eve not only entertained a conversation with the serpent, but started putting weight to what he said. Now, What she missed was that the serpent neither knew her intimately or loved her in the way that God did. So when God is asking Adam, who told you that? It actually runs much deeper than just a question looking for an answer. In a way, God is asking them both, why would you put any kind of value or weight on what someone else says. That's that's big. And honestly, I think the crazy thing is God is still asking us the same question. God's still going, wait a minute, you believe what about yourself? Hold on. Who told you that? Wait a minute. You don't believe you're going to amount to anything? Wait, who told you that? Wait, you don't believe that you're worthy? Hold on. Who told you that? And here's the thing. Why Would you put value on what someone else says that doesn't know you and love you like God does? I know for me, I mess this up all the time, 
all the time. I feel like God is constantly asking me, man, who told you that? Kind of like, where are you getting this information? Because I know, I know it's not from me. Now, I will say this. I do think there are certain relationships in your life that automatically carry a certain weight to them. Like your parents or your spouse or close godly friends. But nothing, nothing should ever take the place of God's voice. And I think sometimes we have other voices that outweigh what God is, is, is trying to instill in us. Now, in FCA, we have a saying that one of the most powerful phrases is coach says, right? As an athlete, it is probably one of the most powerful phrases we say. Like, we, if coach says it, man, we do it. If coach says whatever, X, Y, or Z, then we, we start believing whatever comes out of that coach's mouth. Now, as athletes, we want to perform well and we want to please our coaches. We want them to be proud of us. But even the best coaches should not have a louder voice than God's, right? So how about when we put too much stock in the wrong voices? Have you guys ever done that? Have you ever been there? My goodness, I have, I mean, too many times. Actually, more times than I would like to admit. There, For me, there's a huge part of me that loves when people are happy with me. And I think that's totally normal. You know, I think that's, you know, we say people-pleasing. I get it. It's not a great thing. But I think all of us are people-pleasers to some degree. And, and that's, it's not a hundred percent bad. Um, it's only bad when it, when it makes us change or redirect our behavior in a way that doesn't honor God. But I will say this, there have been times when I let the wrong voices speak into me or tell me things I know darn well are not right. And in that moment, I have a choice to either believe them or believe what I already know to be true from God. And man, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but sometimes it's easier to believe the bad things before believing the good things. I don't know why that is. I'm like that. I've talked to a ton of people that think that exact same way, that it's just easier to believe the negative than it is the positive. But Here's the thing. When I talk to high school kids, one of the things we do is identify one lie they believe about themselves. Now, sometimes we have more than one, but usually there is one lie that seems to be the loudest and the most pronounced. Now, this lie may be easy to believe because it's based on experience, and honestly, those are the hardest lies to break free from. But starting with knowing what that lie is, man, that that can really start to change things. Now, after we identify what their lie is, we take that lie to Scripture and see what God's Word has to say about it. The only way to destroy a lie is to continue to speak truth into it over and over and over again. So for me, my lie, oh, it's, man, it's been my lie as long as I can remember. But the, the lie that continues to creep up and 
get in my thoughts and, and just wreck me mentally sometimes is that I'm not good enough. And you say, well, good enough for what? Like, I'm not good enough to be called into ministry. I'm not good enough to do this ministry. I'm not good enough to be married. I'm not good enough for people to stick around no matter what. Like, even when it gets hard, like, to to stick by me, I'm just not good enough. That's the lie I struggle with. And and that's that's tough to sometimes fight through because experience hasn't proved that lie wrong. So when you look at it, I mean, look, I'm not married, and I have had people leave me when things got tough. So... If I were just to look at experience, experience could, you know, kind of make me want to believe that lie. Like, hey, this this isn't a lie. Like, this is truth. And look at the experience that, that you know, you have in your life that speaks truth into this. It would be easy for me to believe that lie. But when I take that lie and I put it against Scripture, man, I see something else. I see that my maker tells me that I have been pursued Maybe not by a godly man, but by God himself. i That's huge. I still have trouble wrapping my head around that. God, God has pursued me. And sometimes I get bent out of shape because a godly man hasn't pursued me. But I've been, been pursued by the, the only thing that, that I need. Yeah. So God's word also tells me that I am chosen and I'm beautiful and he will never leave me, even when things get tough. Like, he will never leave me, never forsake me. So the question I have to ask myself is, who has greater weight to what they say? My maker, who loves me to no end, or jacked up, flawed people in flawed situations? Now, I've spent a ton of time studying what God says about me, says of me, says to me, and, and, I, and I believe it. I believe all of it. But does that lie still poke its ugly head into my thoughts sometimes? Absolutely. Yes. Even though I believe the Bible and I believe what God says about me, do I still have moments of struggling with this lie? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. So that's why for me, I want to be more full of God's word than any lies this world can tell me. I want to surround myself with people that are pursuing Jesus because I know their advice is from a place that will nurture my relationship with him. I want to look at things and read things that remind me of who I am in Christ. But it can't just be a one and done type of thing. I have to make choices every single day that fill me up with truth. Because again, if if I'm not making those choices to fill myself up with truth, it it is so easy to believe the lies. And I'm going to be more full of those lies and start really believing that than I will God's truth. Now, one of my all-time favorite Bible verses is Zephaniah 3.17. And I just, this verse, I don't know, like every time I read it, I have such, like my heart is full. I have such joy. But at the end of this verse, it says that God delights in me and sings over me. 
Some versions say he will delight in me with shouts of joy. Oh my goodness. I love that. Shouts of joy. God sings over me. But here's the thing. That verse is for you too. God shouts over you in in joy. God sings over you. God delights in you. And for me to believe that I am not good enough is to call God a liar. And I know that he isn't. For me, I just have to make sure that I'm putting the right amount of weight on who is speaking into me. So here's my question. Is there a lie that you have believed about yourself? Almost everybody I ask this question to, almost everyone can immediately identify that lie. It's something that they struggle with. And it's, it's, it's a weakness. It's how Satan gets his foot in the door and starts telling you all this junk and making you doubt who you are. But I got to ask, who told you that? If there's a lie that you're believing about yourself, I got to ask, who told you that? So here's what, what I've done, which was super, super helpful. Um, and it could be helpful for you, but write that lie down and then take it to scripture. Look up what God says about what you believe in that lie. And if it goes against scripture, it's not from God. Let me, let me say that again. If it goes against scripture, it is not from God. Now, as an athlete, I had coaches tell me I was too small to play Division One ball. I would never be a shortstop. Um, just all of this, you know, oh, you just don't have it, and you're just not built that way, and you're not good enough. And, man, here's the thing. Thank goodness I was enough of a punk to say, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me, right? But seriously, Thank goodness I didn't let someone else define how I would view myself. They may have not known me, but God did. And he put me exactly where I was supposed to be. I ended up being a shortstop at the Division I level. And shoot fire. I I even uh, had a, a good enough career where I threw out enough people to get my name in the record books. I mean, booyah, right? So here's what I want you to do. Take some time and identify your main lie. Take it to God's word and continue to shower that lie with truth. You will see that lie grow smaller and smaller and smaller. And I'm telling you, the more of God's word and God's truth that we have in us, the better equipped we are to, to be able to see that as a lie and to be able to call it exactly that and not get caught up in believing it. So the next time you've got or you're believing a lie about yourself, man, I know that God is looking at you just like he looked at me and going, who told you that? Because I know you didn't get that from me. Who told you that? Because, because I sing over you. Who told you that? Because I love you. Who told you that? Because I delight in you. So let's make sure we're putting the right amount of weight and value on the right words. Man, 
guys, I, uh, man, I love you guys. I, I, I'm having so much fun doing this podcast. I love it. I love that every week when I sit down and, and I'm working on my podcast, I love how God speaks to me. I love being able to put this out there. Um, it's, it's such a, what a really cool thing God is doing. Right? What a really cool thing. I haven't updated you guys in a while. We are in Thailand right now and Nicaragua. So we continue to increase. We continue to grow, uh, which is just crazy. I mean, what what a incredible God thing. So thank you guys for listening. And, uh, man, I, I love you guys and hope and pray that you guys have a great rest of the week. And here is to spending the rest of the week all jacked up.